This podcast is brought to you by Home Cooking Delivered, the new easy way to get food into your mouth. If you know any old people or any lazy people or people who are bad cooks but you just don't want to tell them, this service is probably for them. Old people need feeding. We need to look after these old people. Delivering freshly prepared on-the-day cooked food in and around the Southampton area, check them out on Facebook, Home Cooking Delivered, or on their website, www.homecookingdelivered.net. A big shout out to all my guys down in Next Generation Martial Arts, and that's in Shamrock Key Marina in Southampton. They pride themselves on being Southampton's friendliest mixed martial arts gym, and they're kind of like pacifists, but they're not, because they're really nice people and they love a little bit of peace, but they also love a little bit of violence. And they offer kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, mixed martial arts, kids kickboxing, kids Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and family kickboxing sessions. So head to their website, www.ngma.co.uk and sign up for your first free session. And also a big shout out to Strength and Performance Southampton, a state-of-the-art gym located between West End and Fair Oak in the Southampton area. If you're looking to lose fat or gain muscle, or if you're happy with your weight and your body, but you're looking to get fit, this is the way to do it. Check them out on Facebook at Strength and Performance Southampton or on Instagram, Strength and Performance Southampton. A special shout out to Mission Mental Health Podcast. They're talking about depression, anxiety, general mental health and all things which have become taboo in today's society. We shouldn't be bottling things up. If we've got problems, we should be talking about them. We need to break the stigma. So follow them on Facebook, Mission Mental Health. And keep up to date with their podcast. What's happening, you little smitten kittens? And welcome back to another episode of Thoughts from the Toilet. Today is Sunday, the 10th of June in the year 2018, or so they've led us to believe. And it's the Lord's Day. It's Sunday, the day of rest, the day of chilling. So whatever you're doing today, whether you are chilling, whether you've been to church and you've said your prayers for the week ahead, or whether you're so hungover, the only way out of that hangover is to masturbate through it. That's up to you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're having fun. And I hope you're doing it responsibly. Because you know some of them things you can get up to on a Sunday morning after the after the night before. You can get yourself into some bad situations there. And I just got back from the supermarket. And you know what? No old people with trolleys today. Just a lot of younger, middle-aged people who seems to be in a big rush. And I don't enjoy rushing in the supermarket because I always forget things. I'm a forgetful person as it is, and I do not need any help in forgetting what I went in there for. And I did forget things. There was two of us in there. Hannah and I both went shopping, but as soon as I get in there and I see it's like the Kentucky Derby in there, I just can't cope. My brain goes to mush. I end up forgetting things. And then I get stressed. So it's sort of, ruins the rest of the day for me but we've got the majority of things we needed which is good and no old people holding me up which can never be moaned about and the reason episode three is coming out today straight after episode two yesterday is because i've got a busy schedule coming up and i'm not sure if i'll be able to get around to doing a podcast this week so i'm getting it done now and i woke up to the news this morning that there'd been an earthquake in the north of England, something like 3.9 on the Richter scale. 
I think maybe a chair fall, fell over somewhere, maybe a chair's fallen over. But the whole world seems to have gone into meltdown about it. England aren't very well prepared for, um, I, I won't call it a natural disaster, but England aren't very well prepared for nature. You know, we're happy to sort of try and lock horns with some of the world's biggest leaders in a nuclear nuclear war, but we, we're not prepared for snow or we're not prepared for um, uh, an earthquake. And as far as I know, nobody was hurt, no buildings fell down. Because that would be that would be a different story. But as far as I know, nothing happened there in that sense. Like I say, maybe a chair fell over or someone's wheelie bin may have moved a little. But all over social media are people who are uh, praying to God that it's not happening because uh, they're two-story buildings shook. You know what? It may have been an uncomfortable, strange feeling, but your building shook. If you didn't grow up in my house when my dad was using the toilet, you don't know about a building shaking. God damn. But people were going on like they were about to lose their lives or their house is about to come down around them, which I'm sure is not the case. Because uh, I'm pretty sure 3.9 on the Richter scale is is not high. Again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know for sure. I may well be wrong, but I'm pretty sure 3.9 won't bring any buildings down unless the buildings are weak. But as far as I know, no buildings came down. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was killed. So, you know, if you're going to have an earthquake, that's the sort of earthquake you want, where it's just a little shake up. You know, maybe your milk's curdled. Maybe your milk's turned into butter. But you can live with that because you can just go to the supermarket where the, where the old people aren't today which is good, and you can get some more milk. And you know, every time something like this happens, it just makes me realise how small we are in the grand scheme of things. I know I've said this before, but how inanimate we are compared to nature. You know, if, if, if Mother Nature wants to do something, if she wants to cause some waves somewhere, it's happening and there's nothing we can do about it. And it makes you realise how, how weak we are against something like a force that is unstoppable like that. You know, when you look at things like tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, it makes you really appreciate how how small and how far down the food chain we are. We may think we're we're strong and we're an unstoppable force, but we're not. You know, I've never seen a man go up, uh, go head to head against a a hundred foot tsunami. I don't know if tsunamis can get to a hundred foot, but I've never seen a man challenge a tsunami. And I've never seen a man win, if that's the case. Even if somebody has tried to challenge that, I've never seen them win. So Mother Nature wins above everyone. Above all else, Mother Nature is the strongest force out there. It was only a few weeks ago, you know, we had some bad snow in the UK and the, and the whole country came to a standstill. And now down south, where I live, it's not we're not prepared for it at all. We never have snow. We never really get um, anything like that. The north of the country seem to get it a lot. But down down south, we don't ever seem to get snow. And all of a sudden, we had sort of maybe a foot or two of snowfall in, in less than 24 hours, and we did not know what to do. It took me maybe three hours to get two miles. And in the end, we had to abandon our car and walk. So we were very ill-prepared in that sense. The roads 
just go to carnage. You know, there's no, there's nothing in place for that. Even though we got, we get a prior warning from the weather systems which are out there in place. I don't know. I mean, I watched Twister before when I was younger. That's one of my favorite films, and they, they've got a cool thing which they send up. I think they call it Dorothy. They send that up into the eye of the Twister, and it, it's meant to do some reading and. and get some more information on what happens with the twisters and the tornadoes. And I've got family that live out in Kansas and they live right in what's called tornado alley. And they, so they have tornadoes a lot and they're used to it. So, but when you live somewhere like that, you expect and you expect stuff, it's easier to prepare for it. But when there's a little bit of snowfall in the UK, uh, uh, we're not going anywhere. The, the roads come to a standstill and it's like Armageddon. And I've never seen Armageddon, but I've only ever heard that phrase used when something is bad. So it's like Armageddon. Now, I don't know what that film's about, but I think Bruce Willis might be in it. And any film with Bruce Willis in seems to be good. Like Die Hard, they, they're good. And that's a Christmas film right there, Die Hard. It's not Christmas until I... People say it's not Christmas until I see the Coca-Cola lorry on the TV. But for me, it's not Christmas until I see John McClane shouting yippee Kaye, motherfucker and trying to light planes on fire and shit. That's Christmas right there to me. Bruce Willis is killing it out there. And apparently he's got a... He's got a big bib. Apparently one time I saw... I saw a picture of him on a beach um, in a magazine and they tried to trying to put a star over his uh, his manhood but it was too big and his manhood was too big not the star his manhood was too big and it it came lower than the star so you know this picture of him naked and then around his his private area is um is a star so it's meant to cover up and and save his and protect his um humility but i suppose it only ever done him favors because his his uh, his dick was hanging out the bottom of the star. So I suppose in trying to protect his humility, they've if that's the right word, humility, they've actually boosted it. Because rather than people think, oh, he's only got an average sized penis, that star's covering it. He's no big hitter. They they covered it with a star and it still escaped. It still got out the bottom of that star, boy. So Bruce Willis, good on you for your your big your big manhood. But I don't want to spend my Sunday talking about Bruce Willis and his penis. But I will talk about this, something I saw on social media and something I see a lot on social media and I don't know how it doesn't get picked up by people. I don't know how people don't flag this up when this sort of thing happens. You know, because people will be quick if if it was something racist or if it was something sexist or if it was something against gender neutrality and gender fluidity, that will get picked up. But this is a crime. This is one of the biggest crimes you can commit on social media. And it doesn't get picked up. And that crime is liking your own status. And this happens too much for my liking. I once heard somebody say, Liking your own status is like masturbating and then uh, licking whatever can, comes out. You know, and I don't mean to be crude or vulgar, but that's what someone said to me once. 
that's not what I said. That's what someone said to me. And I know that's that's um, not nice. And it's not nice to think about on a Sunday as someone spraying out and then clearing it up like that. But, you know, I do believe this shouldn't be happening. There shouldn't be a feature where you can like your own your own post or your own status. There's no need for it. That's what other people... Other people were there to, to like and and share things like that. Not for you to do it. Because that's the start of where serial killers are at. And I was out to dinner last night with friends. And they told me that if you kill animals, you're more inclined to become a serial killer. Because recently in London, there was somebody going around cutting the legs off of cats and throwing them into people's gardens. And they say... That person is one step away from becoming a serial killer. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but yeah, they probably are. Because they've got something wrong in their head. Something in, the, in their brain. Something gets released in their brain where they find pleasure in um, you know, mutilating a living thing. And if you don't feel guilt or if you don't feel any remorse about mutilating someone's pet or some, something that is living for no apparent reason, you probably are going to go on to uh, bigger things. You know, killing cats is probably a gateway into mass murder or to, into becoming a serial killer. You know, they I know people that used to use a magnifying glass against ants, and I think that's just part of life. If you never if you never put the sun through a magnifying glass onto a bit of paper and try to burn that bit of paper, your childhood was probably deprived. And if you didn't redirect, when your mum and dad weren't looking, redirect that magnifying glass onto, um, you know, like an insect, then you're a liar. Because everyone's done that. And I don't believe that's the roots of a serial killer. But I do believe cutting the legs off of a cat or a dog and sending them into gardens is the work of a serial killer. Yeah, it's probably a gateway. And I don't know why people are acting surprised about it. Because, you know, it's not a normal thing to be doing. Something is wrong in their frontal cortex to be wanting to do that sort of thing in the first place. So it won't be too long until they're on the news because they've, they've gone and, you know, gone like Dexter and they've cut someone up in a garage just because they parked differently. There's some strange people out there and, I'd, and it, it doesn't take a lot for someone to become a serial killer. And there's always that kid in the neighbourhood who is like always eating insects or eating the worms or eating the mud. Even at like a, a different age where you're like eight or nine or ten, when you should be eating real food, he's still eating insects or his, his boogers. He's still eating stuff like that. And you'd be like, oh shit, here comes Johnny. You know, put uh, cover them ants up because they're just going about their business and he's he's looking hungry. He's going to be out here snacking on them. And it wouldn't surprise me if little Johnny from down the road is now a serial killer. I don't really see people from my childhood anymore. But as far as I'm aware, there's there's no serial killers that I used to, you know, be associated with. But that's as far as I know. But yeah, we were out for dinner last night with friends and we ate at a restaurant called Coast to Coast. And that's an American style um, restaurant and it's it's really good food in there um, it's it had something about San Francisco in the menu and that got me thinking back to um, when when me and Hannah toured 
USA in 2016. And that was a good time. And San Francisco is a city where I feel like I need to go back and and go again because I was very stressed there because it was the first time I'd driven uh, in, in the States and it's a very stressful city to drive in. But it's a very diverse city. There's no room for racism in San Francisco because you can't really tell what race people are. Like race just isn't a thing there. And there's all sorts of people there. I saw a guy asleep on uh, on scrambled eggs. And that's that's weird. But that's normal in San Francisco. Not, there's not a lot different to that. There's, there's all, a lot of people are on drugs. There's a lot of people, there's a big drug problem in San Francisco. Um, and there's a lot of people who are homeless people. Um, they don't have homes. And this one particular dude, he was asleep on a scrambled egg. And Hannah get Hannah avoids people like that, but I'm she she's intrigued by them, but she's also scared by them because sleeping on scrambled egg is signs of signs that you you may have a mental condition. And once when we were in Santa Barbara, a man with a, I believe a man who had a mental condition um, ran towards Hannah, and she she ran off into the nearest restaurant she could find, um, and we ended up having a really nice lunch in there. And that was called Moby Dicks, and that's in Santa Barbara on the pier. But yeah, some homeless dude uh, with a mental condition charged at Hannah, and she um, she panicked and she she fled, and she ran straight into that restaurant where we had a nice lunch. So every cloud has got a silver lining, you know. We we got to eat some good food out of that. Um, Hannah calmed down eventually after that, and you know. The homeless guy didn't get arrested. He went about his business as normal, which is good because I wouldn't want to get somebody arrested just for, you know, he may have been asking a question. He may have been asking for directions, asking where the nearest bathroom is, asking if you've got any change. We don't know, but Hannah doesn't take risks. Hannah ran. She ran for her life, boy. And my favourite city in the USA is New York. Um, I love that place. And, you know, that's the first time that um, as a as a white a white adult male, I got called the N-word by, uh, by a brother. He said I was a crazy N-word. And I'm not sure whether that is, um, whether that's a compliment or whether when you flip that word around again, it becomes uh, derogatory. I don't know whether, I don't know how that works, but I got called the N-word. Uh, I took it as a compliment, but who knows? But New York's great. I love that place. Again, some some crazy cats over there. We walked the wrong way before yeah, in New York, and we we ended up in quite a sticky sticky neighbourhood. So we thought we were walking towards Times Square. Turns out we weren't. And it's the first time I'd been to the states. I'd been in the in the country for maybe two hours, and I didn't I didn't really know how to work things over there. And we ended up walking the wrong way into the wrong neighbourhood. But. Uh, we soon realised that and turned it around and we managed to find Times Square, which is good. And then uh, in that same night, I got called the N-word. Um, we had the Hard Rock Cafe there as well. We waited maybe three hours for a table at the Hard Rock, by which time I'd sampled the whole cocktail menu and was nearly asleep at our, at our table having dinner. But that was the start of a good sort of five weeks. And our friends have just done the same trip um, in California. But they went to Hawaii and they couldn't go on one of their trips because the ground is still cracking open in Hawaii. And again, that's Mother Nature playing tricks all the time. 
she's letting that, that uh, magma come out of the center of the earth and that's one one thing i wouldn't want to come up against because no amount of water can put out that magma but their trip they couldn't do one of their trips because of the uh the volcano eruption and hawaii is a place i'd love to go but i just don't like how long it would take to get there same with australia i get put off by wanting to fly for that long but maybe one day maybe one day we'll, we'll stop off in california for a few days again because i want to go back to santa barbara again and like i said and san francisco but ah hey santa cruz we, we went to santa cruz as well and santa cruz is nice in california but we stayed um we were we were rookies at traveling at this point and um we used we used booking.com to uh to find the hotel we stayed in and when we booked the hotel we arrived there and we were looking around the TripAdvisor stuff for the area uh we we soon realized we were staying in um it's what's called a danger triangle there's three points in, in between three points in santa cruz where you shouldn't stay if you're traveling uh, and especially traveling with a car because you get targeted by gangs who will um you know rob you and rob your car it turns out we were staying directly in the center of this danger triangle, uh, which would explain why the hotel was so cheap. So for two nights, I didn't sleep. I slept with a, um, I stayed in bed with a, uh, a wooden pole next to the bed. And any, any noise outside the window, I was up looking out there. So I was a nervous wreck for, for three days. But Santa Cruz is nice. And when we hit Malibu up, we went to Malibu Beach, and Hannah went to use the toilet, and it was just like um, like a, a porter cabin toilet, like a porter loo. Hannah went to use the toilet, and she came out nearly throwing up, and she, I said, what's the matter? And she said, look in there, and boy, I looked in that toilet, and someone, some dark artist, some filthy, vulgar animal, and I don't use the term animal loosely, because this is what animals would do. I know animals with better manners than this. Some dark artist had taken a shit on top of the toilet lid. So you couldn't lift that lid up to use the toilet. Now think about that, going in that toilet, trying to use the toilet, and some vulgar person has um, you know, uh, defecated on the seat. And it looked like a pork chop, it looked like a big slab of meat. And I had to double take at it. I had to get a little bit close just to double check what it was. Uh, and on closer inspection, I can confirm that was human feces. So that was not a good start to Malibu Beach for us. But we did see where Pamela Anderson and her gang used to hang out, which is quite cool. But I'm afraid I will always have uh, memories of uh, Malibu Beach. Uh, and I will associate that with uh, pork chop style shit. So one day maybe we can get back to California and, you know, have some better experiences and then maybe, you know, touch down in Hawaii because that's a place I do want to go, definitely. And now yesterday, and in episode two, I mentioned about the, um, the, uh, the man from Texas who got bitten by um, the severed head of a rattlesnake. And that got me to thinking about animals. So I started looking up like some animal facts. Uh, and you know what I came across? I came across the fact that monkeys can see faces on inanimate objects. 
So that means they see optical illusions because they're always in fear of their lives. And they're also more likely to imagine their enemies in everything around them. Now, that is one paranoid creature. I didn't think, um, you know, an animal who spends most of its day eating nuts, um, masturbating and throwing shit around would be that paranoid. I thought their life was pretty chilled. I didn't think they'd be, um, you know, on tender hooks like that all the time. But apparently, you know, they are paranoid um, creatures. Now, imagine being a monkey and throwing your shit at the wall and then seeing your enemy's face in, in your shit. And you'd be like, oh, is that Kyle? Is that the dude that's trying to, trying to take my life? Oh, no, it's, uh, it's yesterday's dinner. It's yesterday's nuts. You've been through the digestive tract, come out and been thrown at the wall. And that's no way to live. You know, for, for, for a start, that's, that's a vulgar way to live, throwing your, your fecal matter around. And I seen one video where a monkey threw his poo-poo uh, and it hit an old lady in the face. That's disrespectful. You shouldn't, A, you shouldn't be throwing your poopy around. And B, you shouldn't aim it at elderly. You know, unless they're walking slow in the supermarket. But does it, do they still deserve to have uh, feces thrown at them? Probably not. Probably not. But then monkeys are, they're out there being paranoid. And that's crazy because... Could you imagine going everywhere? You, everywhere you go, you see some. You think you see something that's trying to kill you. You would just. You. I'd never want to go out. But then, even in the house, you know, you sit on the sofa and then you look at the, you know, the TV remote control, and all of a sudden, that's that's the face of your enemy. That's Deborah, who's, who's trying to trying to throttle you at every every given opportunity. So you're not changing the channel. And when you look at the TV, you see another face of somebody else who wants to kill you, but you can't change the channel because Deborah's there trying to strangle you. There's no way to live, and I feel I feel sorry for the monkeys. And I and now maybe I know why they're throwing poo around because maybe it's a stress thing. Maybe the only way they can relieve any anger is you know to um, self harm their penis or throw poo around. And you know, once they once they're um, once they're bored of of uh, jerking off and trying to spray out everywhere, maybe that's when they throw the poo. Maybe they take it in turns to um, you know to don't exhaust one thing, keep keep it going, keep it fresh. Jerk off for ten minutes and then throw poo for twenty minutes, then and then the cycle continues. And in between there, maybe you eat some nuts uh, and you groom the person next to you. You know, you go through, you're digging through, you're eating them fleas. But monkeys, I didn't realise how, how paranoid monkeys were. So, you know, that's a little fact for you all to take away from today's podcast is, you know, if you see, um, if you make eye contact with a monkey and he looking like he's going to throw poo at you or uh, spray out on you, he probably thinks you're his enemy. So he's probably going to um, distract you by throwing a piece of shit at you and then try and gouge your eyes out. And did you know kangaroos, they cannot fart. So, you know, no wonder they're always um, angry 
and jumping around. They've probably got like um, trapped wind. It's not good when you can't. You know, when you when you eat food, your um your digestive system will uh, create body gas, and you need to uh, expel that gas. Sometimes in private, sometimes in front of your friends. Either way, you know that that body gas needs to um, uh, exit your body. Otherwise, it become uncomfortable, uh, and that's not good for anyone. But kangaroos cannot fart, and that baffles me because I can imagine they I can only imagine they can do a poo poo. So, you know, it's this it's sort of um, like farts and poo are sort of um, like a brother and sister type of thing. Get one, get the other. You can't re There's no smoke without fire. There's no uh, there's no poo without gas. So for a kangaroo to be able to not not fart or not pass its uh, body gas, that's, that baffles me. That's why they're always so angry. I saw a video of uh, of a kangaroo who had, I think it was like a Rhodesian ridge, Ridgeback dog, and them dogs don't fuck around. They're big dogs. The kangaroo had the dog in a headlock, and the only way the owner of the dog got the kangaroo to let go of the dog was to punch it in the face. Let that sink in just for a minute. Punching a kangaroo in the face. But that that kangaroo was was ready to box. Uh, and they don't they don't mind a good a good punch up kangaroos. They they enjoy fighting. Probably due to um all of the gas that's built up. It's probably put it in quite a bad mood, but kangaroos aren't something to fuck around with because if they if they want to jump up and they want to kick, then you know game over for you really. But not being able to pass body gas is is dark arts. I think it's a it makes you an official dark artist. I'm just reading that an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. I'm not really surprised by that because ostriches aren't, as far as I know, aren't the, the, the cleverest of animals. If if cleverest is a word, if that's the right way to say it, maybe it's maybe you should say the most clever. I don't know. Once again, literature is not my strong point. But and I'm sure it's probably not an ostrich's strong point either, if its brain is smaller than its eye. Now, I don't know whether that means its brain is smaller than both of its eyes put together, or one eyeball, I'm not sure. I don't write the facts. I'm not a scientist. I do not study this. But an ostrich's brain is smaller than its eye. And that's not a good good character trait to have. You need a big you need a, a good brain. You need a you at least need a brain that's bigger than your eye. Could you imagine if um, the human brain was smaller than the human eye? What would we be doing? Would we or has or did it used to be? You know, has our has the size of our brain evolved as we have evolved? Obviously, we have got bigger as people, so I can only imagine our brain has grown um, in conjunction with with us evolving. But 
did our brain did, were we ever at a point of evolution where our brains were smaller than a part of our body and you know where we lacked major stuff because of our small brain i don't know i've only been alive sort of i've only been an adult maybe seven years and i've been alive 27 uh, and as uh, i've always had um this brain so i'm not sure whether i'm going to, have to find out whether um the human brain has evolved because you know it could have been a case where you know like they say we came from monkeys but when, when we were apparent monkeys like did all of a sudden our brain just randomly evolve and then that created enough um like cells in the body and enough energy in the body to for the body to evolve like we have we've got to now Oh, that's that's deep, and that's probably too deep for a Sunday. That's more of maybe um, a Wednesday conversation, because you know Sunday my brain's asleep a lot of the time, because you know I've eaten, I've usually eaten a lot of food. I've been relaxing, my brain switched off. It doesn't really like to think about much, any much more than what it has to. The only decisions my brain likes to make on a Sunday is um, what. What should I watch on the TV? What should I put in my mouth to eat? Not for any other reason. What should I put in my mouth to eat? So to be thinking about evolution uh, on a Sunday is sort of uh, making my brain ache a little bit. And um, one random, uh, one more closeout fact for animals. A shrimp's brain is located at, uh, no, wait. A shrimp's heartbeat is located in its head. I couldn't think of anything more annoying than that because sometimes at night when I lay down, um, I can hear my own heartbeat in my in my ears. You know, it sometimes sounds like a, tr a, a slow moving train, and I can hear it, and um, that that keeps me awake sometimes. So, to have an actual heartbeat in your head would really stress me out uh, and I know shrimps don't have the best existence but maybe that's why because there's not a lot of room in their in their head for their brain because that's where their heartbeat is too and you know you say knock knock someone's shell and you say Steve are you coming to um you coming out to that part of the ocean because there's something over there and you'd be like no I can't I've got a heartbeat and that means headache to a shrimp. No, I've got a heartbeat. No, I can't. I can't do that. But I couldn't. I couldn't uh, deal with. I can't deal with my own heartbeat in my ears at night. So, so a heartbeat in the head. Mm -mm. Not for daddy. I'm going to get into some news now and have a look at some news headlines and see what's going on in the world. Um, but one thing I have been, you know, um, seeing and reading a lot about is the Grenfell. Tower inquiry. Uh, you know, obviously, as most of us will know, a little over a year ago, Grenfell Tower in London caught fire, and I believe around seventy-two people lost their lives during that fire. And there's a lot of speculation around um, the building's fire regulations and um, who is at fault for this, because the government have recently uplifted the outside. 
of the um, of the tower and applied new cladding, which was apparently um, extremely flammable. Now, I remember reading somewhere that um, floors one to twelve maybe took uh, like an hour to ignite. Uh, and then from 12 to the top, I, I don't I don't recall how many floors there are in the building, but from, from floor 12, for argument's sake, to the top, only took 15 minutes. So, you know, fire regulations and stuff are, um, are all over the place and under speculation. But one thing which did flag up to me was, now the fingers are being pointed at the firefighters. You know, the, the brave men and women that um, were running into the building, but the, the burning building when everybody else was running out. And they should they should never be speculated, in my opinion. They should be exempt from any speculation as to what they do. They're, they're being, um, you know, they're being speculated um, for telling people to stay in their in their apartments or their flats or their building. But when you look at it from their point of view, it's the right thing to do. That's that's their protocol. That's what they do. They've got their reasons for that. It's 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 better to have people in the in safe inside their their apartments if the fire's not on their floor or the fire's not a threat to them. Why would you have hundreds of people trying to evacuate the building at once, causing chaos? Uh, and now the government are looking to blame the firefighters for that. But I strongly believe that if there was if the firefighters evacuated the building as the government said they should have, we would probably be looking at a higher fatality count because it would have been pandemonium in there. People running around trying to use the staircases, hundreds of people trying to, trying to get out of that building whilst the firefighters are trying to do their job. So I don't think the government should be even... Um, even looking towards the firefighters for that. You can't, you cannot be trying to um, put people in the frame or in the spotlight for doing a good job that they do. As I say, they run into that burning building when the obvious and human thing to do is to run out of that building. So you cannot be speculating against them. You cannot be pointing the finger at them. And I think it's a travesty that, uh, that it's, they've even that, that the fire brigade and the firefighters on the day have even been put, put into the same sentence as to being blamed for. I think it's hideous. But that's just one thing I wanted to get off my chest because that's been on my mind a lot. Uh, and I'm seeing more and more headlines about it. You know, there's there's pictures, there's, there's sort of um, iconic pictures now of firefighters with their head in their hands. These people have families at home as well. They were just doing their job. Their families didn't know whether they were safe. All their families knew is that there's a, a building on fire, a big building on fire, and most of London's fire brigade were on the scene. These families of the firefighters didn't know whether their, their loved ones were alive and well. And the firefighters have, have you know, some have come forward and said they felt, they felt like they didn't do enough on the day to get people out of there safely. They feel... They feel responsible for um, the deaths because that's a natural thing. When your when your whole job and your whole existence of your career is based on saving people, 
And naturally, in some scenarios, in some instances, you're not going to be able to save people. Then naturally, you are going to feel guilty and accountable for it. But to be put into the spotlight officially by your government is wrong. And they shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. They should not be put in, into the spotlight for that. If they should be put into the spotlight, they should be congratulated and they should be given, I don't know, like knighthoods or something similar. They should be uh, rewarded and we should be grateful for the work they did on that day. Not trying to um, pass the buck and put the blame onto them for the job they done and the hundreds of lives they saved. And apparently now the stage is set for... Um, you know this uh, this summit this, uh, in Singapore with um, Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un. Um, they're on separate teams. You know, President Trump is for America and Kim Jong Un is for um, North Korea. And they're meeting up today. And I think that what they're going to try and do is um, put their differences aside for for the the good of uh, the world. Which, you know, can only be a good thing. But apparently Trump's already pissed France off. He apparently um, was, uh, he threw like a um, bit of a tantrum apparently towards France and uh, retracted uh, one of his offers for trade, I believe. So, you know, France aren't, um, aren't happy with Trump. Uh, but I think the main, the main situation here is obviously Trump and Kim Jong-un. Now, Trump likes the Kims because he, he's doing work with Kim Kardashian, too. He uh, he let a lady free who'd been served serving prison time for maybe, I think it was around 20 years. I may be wrong. But she's apparently been uh, wrongly imprisoned for a long, long time. And Kim Kardashian, um, she asked Donald Trump for her to be released. And he he agreed that he let that lady free. So, you know, Trump's into these Kims. He's into Kim Kardashian and he's looking to get a Kim Jong-un on side too. So he's trying to get a whole team of Kims going on. I'm not sure what, what other famous Kims there are or powerful Kims. I know you've got Lil Kim, but she's like a rapper. So unless um, Trump is starting to look at trying to start like a like a gang, Lil Kim may be good to get involved. Because I'm sure she's got um, she's got trappers and rappers and, um, you know, people who may have affiliation with guns. So Lil' Kim may be a good one to get involved. Gang, gang. So Donald Trump, if if you're listening to this, hit, hit up Lil' Kim. She's probably on, like, LinkedIn or, um, or something similar to that. So you can probably get her on there. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I'm going through this page for the summit. And there's still there's still headlines saying that the US is saying that Kim is Kim Jong-un is still a threat. So I'm not, I'm just confused as to what's going on. Are they trying to be friends? Are they or are they like organizing um, like a, a planned fight? You know, like when you was in school, you'd be like, oh, Michael wants to fight you around the back of the bike shed. Is this what's happening? And you go around the back of the bike shed and the whole school is there ready. And it seems like you're the last person to find out that you're fighting. 
You know, people have got deck chairs. Uh, parents have come to watch. And you didn't know you were going to fight. So is this what's happening here with Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump? Uh, is is Trump um, like double bluffing? Is he saying he's going to be friends? And he's going to get there. Like Kim Jong-un's going to get there. And uh, they're going to fight everywhere. And that's even if it is Kim Jong-un that turns up. Because I remember I heard something before that Kim Jong-un has got people who look like him. And he sends them places in, um, where he could get assassinated. And is that what's going to happen? Is Trump leaving, leading Kim Jong-un into a false sense of security? He's going to turn up the real Kim Jong-un and then, you know, he's going to be shot or assassinated. Because you can't put anything past these world leaders because they're all hungry for power. So I don't know what's happening here. I hope they work it out. I hope they become friends. But I just don't know. Too, um, you know, too much has been said and done uh, for it to, for them to be friends, maybe. I'm not sure, but I'm sure we'll... Um, I'm sure it's live. I'm pretty... I think it's all going ahead as we speak, so... You know, we'll we'll be up to date soon with what is going on. And I hope it's uh, it's a good positive thing for the benefit of the world. And I'm just reading the headline now about the recent um, uh, wildfires in North California and how they, they say power lines caused caused them. There's over 170 fires and 11,000 firefighters were deployed across from 17 states. And some from Australia, because, you know, Australia be fighting them wildfires all the time. Because, you know, do you know um, Australia is so big, but uh, people only live on the coast. But no one really lives in the centre. So they have wildfires all the time in Australia. And a lot can kill you in Australia. You know, spiders and snakes and, and then wildfires, boy. But... It apparently, um, the fire has has ruined 245,000 acres of land and has destroyed uh, nearly 10,000 homes and other buildings. It's said to have caused $9 billion worth of, um, of damage across Northern California. So why is Donald, we need Donald Trump really to... Um, to be looking at rebuilding that community and not trying to um, uh, be friends with North Korea at the moment. I agree it's a good idea to get North Korea as a friend, but maybe for a little minute, um, once these fires are settled, Trump needs to be looking at pumping some money back into that community because there's people that, have, that don't have homes anymore. People died during these fires. And again, it may, that just although this this isn't caused by nature because it's apparently caused by power lines, but nature helps spread that fire. So it just goes back to how powerful it is, and how we shouldn't underestimate it, because people have died and people have been left homeless now. But Trump's making friends, so that's okay. You know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, um, you know, positive, happy headlines around at the moment. And that's that's a shame. 
because everywhere you look, we're forced to uh, to ha- to have negativity put into us. And there's a lot of negative things that happen in in day to day life anyway. So to you know have news forced down your throat about negativity and you know um, people dying and um, people being stabbed and just general not nice things. You know it's um it's it's sad. And I hope soon that we get we get a, a turn of good fortune. Um, because, you know, this world is a great place. If if everyone was to be, um, you know, happy and everyone was to, to get on, this world would be an even greater place. Because there's a lot, a lot of bad people in the world. But there's also, there's more, for every one bad person, there's two good. But you only ever get to hear about the bad. It's just human nature. Nobody ever remembers the good things you do for them. The ten good things you do. They will only ever remember and highlight the, the one bad thing you do. And that's just the way we are as humans. That's just how, how, how our brains are tuned. Because we expect good things from people. We expect to be treated well from people. And all of a sudden, once that mould is broken and somebody treats you bad or somebody doesn't do something good for you, it throws your brain out. And we take good things that happen to us on a daily basis for granted. But you know, we shouldn't because we're, we're, we're not all long for this earth and this planet. So the good things that happen, we should we should definitely, definitely uh, appreciate more. We should appreciate uh, people and each other more. We all be one big family. Unless you're a serial killer or, uh, you know, a pervert. I don't want any I don't want any of them in my family. Because, um, you know, a serial killer will end up uh, slaughtering the whole family. And the pervert uh, will do bad things to good people. So, you know, let's keep them out of the equation. Let's not let them rock the boat. Let's just keep this this boat afloat with all the goodness. Because the dark arts are a big part of our life anyway. So let's not, um, you know, encourage that and give fuel to the fire for the dark arts. Let's just keep um, working hard to become better people and better versions of ourselves. Because we need to. Because it's only us that's fucking this world up, baby boy. No one else, just us humans. The koalas aren't out here, you know, flying uh, planes in the buildings. The uh, the sloths aren't out here at night, um, you know, trying to kill people. They're just going about their slothy and koala business and not really bothering anyone. The only problem I can see with koalas is how... Um, how in, indistinguishable, if that's the word, uh, their fingerprints are against humans. So sometimes if they if they um, cause a crime, then the humans can get blamed for that. Which is pretty unfortunate and unlucky if you have um, a similar fingerprint to a, a koala, especially one who is um, a little bit rogue. You know, he's out here stealing all the Krispy Kremes from the supermarket uh, and on... They, you know, they, they do fingerprint tests on the, the door handle and bingo, you know, you've got a match. It's Stephen from down the road. 
So Stephen's getting arrested for eating Krispy Kremes when, you know, Stephen doesn't eat Krispy Kremes, uh, but he's just got the same fingerprints as a koala, a koala bear. And what I just said then, koala bear, doesn't make any sense because koala is uh, aborigine for bear. So by saying koala bear, in reality, you're saying bear bear, which um, is a little bit uh, stupid. And doesn't make sense. But yeah, there's some koalas out there who have got very similar fingerprints to um, to humans. So some people are getting... Maybe that's what happened with that the woman, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian wanted released from prison. You know, maybe she got um, similar fingerprints to one of them koalas. Maybe one of them koalas stole a car and drove it, you know, drove it into a house when he was drunk. And on the steering wheel of the car were the fingerprints. And that lady's fingerprints were similar to that koala, so maybe she'd been in prison for it. Maybe that's why Kim Kardashian was was calling for her release. You know, maybe she's been wrongfully imprisoned because um, a koala done something a few years back. Who knows? Not me. But you can't trust them koalas. But my point is, it's only humans that are destroying this planet. You know, the animals are out here just living life. They're just doing what animals do. It's us that, uh, you know, you throwing plastic in the sea and getting um, getting dolphins to eat plastic, which they can't, is not good for them. They can't, di they can't digest that. So we shouldn't, you know, we need to change something soon. Because otherwise it'd be too late and the, the, the planet won't ever forgive us. And then Mother Nature will do something bad and start something fucked up like another ice age. And a lot of us can't survive in that cold. Like I said, England can't even survive snow. So, you know, it's on us now to start um, start um, looking after the planet and, and being nice to each other. Otherwise, before we know it, mm -mm, we don't exist anymore. We are ice blocks. And one more random fact I'm going to leave you with. One third of Antarctica's ice is frozen penguin urine. So, you know, you, you go to Antarctica you, in, in your igloo. You try to make a snow cone and they say don't eat yellow snow. But they, say don't, they don't say don't eat snow. So you go to Antarctica, you're in your igloo. You make an ice cone for yourself. Boom. You're eating penguin piss. And that's not on the top of my menu. No, sir. Penguin piss is not, um, you know, a delicacy where I come from. So if you ever find yourself in the Antarctica and you eat um, three snow cones, one of them was pure penguin urine. If my maths is right. So be careful what you're eating. That's the message I'm leaving you with today. I hope you enjoy. You've had um, a good weekend and you've enjoyed whatever you're doing. And I hope the week ahead is uh, a good one for you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and as always, uh, thank you to all, uh, to my sponsors, Home Cooking Delivered. Um, you know, just make sure you check them out and you make sure you check out all the people I shout out at the beginning. Um, because, you know, they're, 
it's worthwhile having them people in your life because they're positive people. You know, they're not out here trying to um, try to throw plastic at dolphins and stuff. So, you know, but a few negative points in this podcast today, but uh, very some negative but very real points. So um, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to ask you to like and like, share and subscribe where you can. You know, tell your friends to tell a friend to tell their auntie that, um, you know, Rick's out here with a podcast. And that's called Thoughts from the Toilet. And, you know, I've got a pug and she uh, she features on the um, the cover photo on the cover art. So, you know, I'm about I'm out here with my pug just trying to spread a little bit of cheer to people when some things don't go right. You can count on Rick to, um, you know, lift your mood. So on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you all. And I'm going to leave you with Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Because that's a good uplifting song. Be good to yourself. You deserve it.